Oh, hey, this is Mark Tixera, Marvel Comics legend. I created Dora Milaje with Black Panther and all the other Ghost Fighters that everybody can imagine. Anyway, you're listening to Crusader Chronicles. Read them all, kids. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 30, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 174 and Star Wars number 5 from August 1977. Welcome to the 30th episode of Crusader Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Chris Dottos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in a digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issue or issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. Speaking about my friends, let's see who here is joining me for this 30th episode. Wow. Can you believe it? 30 episodes? Woo! 30 episodes! 30-30, baby! Pop up hiss! <laughs> That's all you need to know! Well, speaking about pop up hiss, let's go ahead and say hello to Delvin the, the Dark Web Williams. Hey, Pat. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, too. I'm doing great, in fact. But I'm going to reveal a little bit of dark history of the Dark Web's past here. About 40 years ago or so, maybe a little bit less, I kissed my sister. What? But, <laughs> oh, no. But, no, it's okay. I'm a telekinetic. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. And you're from the South. Yeah, those two things <laughs> totally whitewashes it. Makes it totally okay. It sounds all right to me. <laughs> I think you celebrated, in fact. But you know, yeah, um, yeah. I've seen that somewhere before, and I think I'm, I'm down all right with that. <laughs> You're a disturbed, man, Pat. <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited. Did you guys know this is our thirtieth episode? What? what? Man, I can't believe dirty it. thirty, baby. <laughs> Pop up this. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking about dirty thirty, let's go ahead and talk to Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick. How's it going, Pat? Going good. Well, hey, I'm did here. you know it's our thirtieth episode? <laughs> I've heard that somewhere. I think there's some gossip going around the water cooler here, or around the cotton candy machine. I guess I should say. <laughs> dirty thirty, baby. Dirty thirty, baby. Pop pop, yes. <laughs> Smooth up, thirty. <laughs> it's gonna be a long episode. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, let's go ahead and say hello to Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. It's a prescription for danger, aka death probe. Yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. My wife, she went on a cruise with one of her girlfriends over the last weekend, so it was just me managing the kids. That's what I've been up to. You probably have more fun without her. You take that back, you lousy son of a. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Oh, 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 man. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I I mean, sorry. And that was my ode to Harry Osborne. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Harry. Oh, Harry. Don't react much, buddy. (laughs) Got his cornrows all up. (laughs) Got his cornrows in a bunch. (laughs) Pat, what have you been up to? Nobody asked you. Oh, 
Ah, well, you know, I've been up to. I no, nobody excited. asked you, Pat. Yeah, oh. <laughs> 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 same joke. Pop up his. Thirty thirty, baby. Oh, thirty. Table has changed. The tables have changed. Uh, thirty episodes down, and man, I don't know if we're gonna do any thirty more. The way these guys are going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to another 30 with you guys. Save here, Pat. Save Thanks. here. Same. Happy anniversary. We do have a three-year anniversary coming up soon. We do. You know, also we have, Pat. I think we have an exciting announcement coming in the second half of the show today. We do. We definitely do. So stay tuned, loyal listeners. Exciting announcement, especially for our Crusaders Club members. Club members. Well, I think before we get to that announcement, let's go ahead and see what's in Pat's poll list. Excuse me while I whip this out. Excuse me. Pat's poll list. Pat's poll list. Whip it out. Takes too long. Pop up his. (laughs) Dirty, dirty. (laughs) Smooth out poll list. You're not going to have to do any effects work, Pat. This I know. You guys are awesome. <laughs> well, for Pat's poll list this time around for August 1977, I just got one. And it's from DC. It's the All-Star Comics Volume 1, number 69. This one was written by Paul Levitz. Penciler is Joe Staten. And it has the Justice Society of America in it. It's a part two to a two-part story. And so in this quick synopsis, the Justice Society returned from their mission with the Justice League only to find Bruce Wayne ordering their arrest and five of their teammates there to enforce it. This also features the first appearance of Huntress. Mm, I've read this issue. I did not know she first appeared in Justice Society. I did not either. This is the first time for me as well. This is one that Jared had passed along to me. So thank you, Jared, for passing this one on down. Ah, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Proud to do it. Happy to help grow the collection in the long box archives. Has anybody else read it? I have not. I haven't either. Looks good, though. You need to refresh my memory, Pat. Did I send you the actual issue or did I send you this in a trade? It is the actual issue. Oh, that's right, because I think I also scored a trade that has this in it as well. It does, too. Yep, I have that, too. So we may be getting to a little more, a few more of these down the road. Mm -hmm. Interesting storyline. I like the reveal of the Huntress in this one, because it kind of fooled you into thinking that it was Batman. But it was like, oh, it's Huntress. That was cool. Mm. Spoiler. Sorry for my (laughs) 30-something-year-old comic. 40-something-year-old I guess I don't have to read it now. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's what's in Pat's poll list. If you've read this one, we'd like to hear about it, see what your thoughts are on it as well. Now, before we get started with the rest of this episode's issues, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. Image Comics, formed in 1992 by several creators unhappy with their current place in the industry. So they band together to make a new comics company for a new generation of readers. Creator-owned mutants, cops, black ops government agents, demon-possessed, and they are going to be the greatest comics ever. In April of 1992, the first issues hit the stands, and fandom resounded with cries of... Pouches? Why are there so many pouches? What? You don't like pouches? All the Pouches, an Image Comics podcast, is one fan's exploration of those early years of Image Comics. Youngblood, The Savage Dragon, Spawn, and more, with maybe even a few pouches along the way. So come give a listen 
at johnreadscomics.com. That's John with no H. Just you can spell it right. Welcome back from the break. Now let's go to the first featured comic for this episode. It's Amazing Spider-Man number 174. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World, a comics website. Thank you, Mike. Publisher is Marvel. Got a cover date of November 1977, but it was on sale date of August 10th, 1977. Cover price of 35 cents. So they've done it. They've changed the price. When Tolkien's coming, those money-grubbing sons of bees. Mm, I wish I would have kept it just 30 cents because, did you guys know this is the 30th episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. And then they raise it to 35 on yeah. the 30th episode. Uh, it better be 35 when we hit 35. <laughs> if not, pop, pop. Ooh, yes. Someone's going to get a little whap whap. That's right. Well, editor is Len Wein. Writer is the double trouble of Len Wein as well. Penciler is Ross Andrew. Inker, Jim Mooney. Uh, Mooney, Mooney, Mooney. Mooney. I refuse to make any other Inker's name a thing. (laughs) Oh, that's We miss you, Mike. What the heck? (laughs) Where have you been? What are you doing? Call us. Call us. Sad version. The letterer is Joseph Rosen. The color me bad colorist is always Glennis Ween. Glennis, we can celebrate Glennis. This was reprinted in Marvel Tales starring Spider-Man number 216 from 1988. Also in the Essential Punisher Volume 1 trade paperback. Hmm, I wonder why. And also the Essential Spider-Man Volume 8. You can also read along with us on Marvel Unlimited, and we hope you do. That way you can join in on the fun with us. We love it when you read along and talk back to us in the tweets. We're lonely. We're lonely. (laughs) We just want some friends. Mm -hmm. Come join us. It's like Pat and Candy Crush back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, Just need maybe I should start that up. Candy crushing it, crushing all alone, and I was all by myself crushing it. Anyway, <laughs> cover credits go to penciler Ross Andrew with inker Frank Giacoa. Speaking hmm. about the cover, let's go ahead and get some cover description from our friendly neighborhood yard sale artist. I'm happy to do it. <clears throat> The Marvel Comics Group banner shoots across the top with its blue and black letters as Spidey stands ready for war in the usual corner box orange background this time. The Amazing Spider-Man classic logo sports red letters with blue highlights and it's locked and loaded to the ever popular webbing. The main action is indeed a rapid fire of activity set to fully automatic. It features Spider-Man breaching a window into J. Jonah Jameson's office only to find the source of this cover description's puns, the Punisher, barreling through the opposite window with his sights set on the villain the middle, the Hitman. But Hitman has Jameson dead to rights, holding him hostage and stating, if either of you take one more step, J. Jonah Jameson is finished. There are a pair of rapid-fire cover blurbs. One cover blurb reads, he's back, the pulse-pounding Punisher. The second blurb states, the Hitman's back in town, and New York may never be the same. Delvin, breaking glass sound, go! Awesome. That was legitimately pretty good. That was his best one. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I mean, I had to look around to make sure nothing was broken. I was hoping for a gun. I was going to rat a tat a tat a tat a tat. I gave you broken glass instead. Uh, as a reminder, Pat, what's the uh, rocket racer sound like? Zoom, zoom. <laughs> Absolute shit. <laughs> I can't be a Delvin. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me try. Zoom, zoom. 
Perfect. Oh man, that's whatever you do with that. That makes me it's like slick. You know, you either have it or you don't, man. I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's okay, dude. It's all right. Pop, pop this, dude. Pop, pop this. <laughs> Well, speaking about pop-up hiss, let's go ahead and get to some cover quick thoughts on that. And let's start with Jared. This is a busy cover. Lots going on. Two windows smashed in. Jameson in the middle looking. This was kind of a little bit violent, fellas. Yeah. He's legit kind of terrified with that gun pressing his head down. The hitman looks like he's going to kill him. Lots of color, lots of movement. Maybe a little too busy for a fantastic cover. But still, it's got the Punisher. Cool. Jameson, cool. Spider-Man, cool. Hitman, man, that is a blind spot for me but i guess we can talk about that later and i will pass it to delvin watch out yeah. for the hit man yeah i <laughs> think that's wrong mm-hmm. no watch no. out for the hit man never heard of it one more time though watch out for, the, out hit for the hit man <laughs> you don't know that song no me neither what what song, <laughs> what song was that again watch out for the hit man, hit man. <laughs> <laughs> The ability for you guys to participate <laughs> it amuses me to no end. <sighs> so, cover. I think it's a very good one. Even though I don't really know anything about the Hitman. Sorry, Jared. Can't help you much there. Watch out for the Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to try it on. I don't know what it is. It's okay. Yeah, it's a podcast for it. You got Punisher coming in one door or window, Spidey coming in through one, and it kind of speaks to the craziness of the episode, too, because, you know, the episode was one Mary Marvel mix-up, too. So I like it. Let's move on to Jason. Yeah, I agree. This is a dynamic action cover. It really gives a feeling to the tension and the claustrophobia of the battle that goes on in the office. You know that I'm a sucker for the covers that capture what's actually going on in the book, and this one does that spades so i like it i guess that just brings us back to you pat all right yeah i totally enjoy this cover as well i think the coloring again is nice the artwork with all the busyness the artwork is still awesome like jared said too i'm not really sure who the hitman is but i'm watch excited to find man. out yeah watch out for the hitman <laughs> that is i like this cover I think it's good. Speaking about the Hitman, let's go ahead and see what we're going to rate this. Just a reminder for the rating system. Jason, I know it's been a while. It's been 30 episodes. Wow. Can you guys believe that? Dirty 30, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe it. But let's go ahead and remind everybody how we rate them. It's going to be a one through five. Five being it tickled your tummy feathers. You loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, you just liked it. Two, you didn't like it at all. And one, it ruffled your tummy feathers. You hated it. So let's find out what it did do for Jared. I'm going to give this one a very solid three. If Joe November was here, he might give it a 3.5. He's not here. I'm going to give it a three. A little too busy for me. I think if you're a big Punisher fan, and I'm not saying that I'm not, I like the Punisher, you might rate this a little higher because there's a lot of cool stuff going on and he's a big part of it. But as a Spidey cover overall, it's a real solid three. I like it. And I will pass it to Delvin. You know what? I'm going to get enough move. I'll give it a four. I did like it. I, I like that there was a decent amount of action but not too much. It showed what was going on in a book and yeah, it was cool to me. Jason. I'm going to jump aboard with Delvin on the four. It's got Spider-Man in a good action pose. It's got Punisher in a good action pose. Truth in advertising, good layout, good colors. Yeah, I'll go four. What do you think, Pat? I'm going to bring it home with a four as well. I agree with everything you two said. Pop up his. And I agree with Jared as well, too. 
All by myself. Now, I could be convinced of that for sure. Maybe it has to do with the villain, because I don't know anything about him. Yeah, I don't know like, anything you about him. take him out of there, put like Jigsaw in there. Oh, it's yeah. a four all day. Or a talking four dinosaur, you know? Oh, hell yes. A talking dinosaur. <laughs> a race car that drives itself. You know? Why yes. would Stegron need a gun? <laughs> you know, Stegron like, is I, strapped. <laughs> Jared, I only know one thing about the Hitman. Here we go. You got to watch out for him. Watch out for the Y'all ready for this? <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into the synopsis for this issue. And that's going to be brought to you by the Dark Web Delvin. Absolutely. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. title of this issue is The Hitman's Back in Town. This issue of Spidey is a good, solid issue, and I'm going to tell you all about it. But first, let me tell you about my niece, Takaya. She used to go by her middle name, which is Simone, but since she's gotten older, like about when she was seven or so, she insisted that you call her by her first name, not her middle name. Anyway, my mom, Dame Deborah Smith, tells me that Takaya's gotten into track and field. She shared video of her running a leg of a 4x100 race, and let me tell you, that nine-year-old has a stride that's out of this world. Very impressive, and I hope she stays with it. So yeah, I'm going to tell you about the Spidey story you've all been waiting for. But first, I'm going to talk about jujitsu. We learned about concepts tonight from Spider Guard, oddly enough. We learned how to escape it, and the lesson tonight kind of dovetailed into a week and a half long lesson. We've learned what... So my point here is that Green Goblin doesn't appear in this issue of Spider-Man. <laughs> Instead, we, so get a, close. we get a close. story about the Punisher tracking down a nefarious hitman who is after J. Jonah Jameson with Spider-Man in the middle. Of interest is that Harry Osborn might be coming a little green under the gills. Hey, hey, comrades. Harry Shrink, creepy old Barton Hamilton, also makes an appearance, and he seems to have taken an interest in Peter Parker for some reason. Mysterious. Reminds me of this time I made this marmalade. Uh, oh, wait. Time's up? Bugger. <laughs> well done. I want to know more about this track event. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really where my head's at right now. <laughs> Girl's fast. She might be something. Pat, we run the show. Oh, I, I didn't know if there was more. I was waiting. <laughs> I'm done. Pop up his. <laughs> Thank you for that really brief synopsis. We covered all the interesting parts. Yeah. Hey, all right. <laughs> I hope she does well in her running. Me too. I'm rooting for. <laughs> well, with that, let's go ahead and get into the brick or brack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread? Pat, what's it going to be? It's a first read for me. 
Jason? First read for me, Delvin. It's a reread for me, guys. <gasps> oh. I, I, look, I was disappointed at the anchor. You know, Mooney. <laughs> Mooney. <laughs> Jared? First read as if it f-ing matters. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't anymore, Delvin. <laughs> it, hate her up a- in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I can hate twice as high. Hate, 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 hate. <laughs> I think we need somebody to make some reading rainbow different ones for us to play. So if, if somebody's got some talent out there, I would love for you to do that for us. And we would definitely give you credit. Like a sad version for when it doesn't yeah. work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a sad version of when it doesn't work out. That'd be great. Let's put it out to the listeners. Anybody out there want to help us? Go ahead and see what you can do or suggest another song too. That would be fun. So Delvin, how long has it been a reread? for you this may have been one of the heroes con from last year because specifically when i saw peter get hit in the face pneumonia uh, pneumonia yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) pneumonia ammonia that was when i was like yep i've read this one before we've covered some ground now with spidey like i remember looking and thinking that the art and the pencil was a little bit different sure enough it is especially since we've been used to mike uh, esposito for a while now yeah this one had a pair of anchors didn't it yeah it did mooney was one and Dizaniga or something like that. Dizaniga. Yeah, Dizaniga. Yep. <laughs> spot on, Jason. Spot on. <laughs> I was wondering if it was something you picked up from Heroes Con because when I was there, you had some a stack, some Spidey that you were picking up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was that this was one of the ones I picked up. Well, I can't fault you on that then. Eh, but maybe I can. <laughs> but we will. You, you know what they say, Devin. Okay. You better watch out. But hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about watching out, let's go ahead and get some highs and lows and what us. We're going to start this first round off with Delvin. High, low, or what the? I'm going to start with a low, actually. The art wasn't bad, but I swear, I mean, maybe I'm just used to it. And I'm actually meaning it seriously. I think Andrew's art looks better inked by Mike Esposito. Verified. There's just something about the art now that I don't know whether they tried to go for a more realistic look or something. It was good, but it was just like, eh. I wasn't as enamored with the art as I have been in recent issues. As soon as I saw there was two inkers, that's an automatic telltale that they were getting a little behind and they had to bring someone in from the bullpen. And you're right, it's noticeable. So I'm glad I wasn't alone on that. So, Jared, what do you think, man? You got a higher low? I'm going to start with a high. When I read this particular issue this week for the show, I read it to my son, Jay, who's four years old. So he sat by me and I read it to him. And when Peter got hit in the face with the ammonia, he thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. (laughs) So he just laughed and laughed and laughed. And I was like, well, me too. That's what it's supposed. I mean, I thought it was funny too, but uh, I was like, "That's cool that it, it's you know forty something year old comic, and you know still back then they were aimed at kids. No slight on adults that read them; they're for everybody. But it's neat that it still works. Who's cleaning the room? Uh, obviously, it's Mrs. Muggins. A- yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe some apartment complexes. That was just maybe one of the services that came with the rent. Mm-hmm, that's right. That's right. I need to go back to those days. Uh, man. Yeah, really? Because I'm like, how can Peter afford somebody to clean? Her yeah, room? you you know he can't afford that you know he broke yeah he's a dropout man <laughs> he's a dropout he's failing college Pete's the worst but his yeah. room's clean <laughs> it's tidy so then he gets it on his uniform on a spidey costume mm-hmm. and- 
Doesn't he got to wash that? When was the last time we to wash that? I don't know. That's yeah. That's the other thing too. I don't know. Lugging dead bodies around. <laughs> you bring up an interesting point. We've always known he doesn't have much money, so he probably only has a couple. He can't get the laundry that often because he's got school. He's got work. He's fighting crime. So basically, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is he's the sensationally stinky Spider-Man most yeah. of the time. Probably. <laughs> he's got to have some stank on him or yeah, something. Doc right. <laughs> Ock is like, it's the end of the road for you. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Stink round will just stink. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to stay here. You go get yourself clean and then come yeah. back. You know what? My world domination <laughs> scheme will win. Like we can, we can fight, but I mean, damn. Don't touch me. Kingpin just throwing money in his face. Get yourself fixed up, son. Sort yourself out. Sort yourself out. Jason, got a high, low, or what the? I guess this is a what the, and I'm going to direct this what the to Delvin. I need a little orientation on my Green Goblin history. At this point in Spider-Man history, has Norman Osborn been the only Green Goblin, or has Harry been the Green Goblin before? Oh, you would ask me that. I believe Harry has been. I think he did, and he went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and then went away for a while and then came back. I want to agree with you on that, Delvin, because I think it was tied to his drug addiction. Yeah. Okay. And and I was wondering that same thing, Jason, being our B-team level Spider-Man historian. That's what my spider sense was telling me, Delvin. I was like... I. I think he was back when he was on the drugs, but I can't remember for sure. Because I think if I'm Peter, I'm assuming he knows this, and he's dropping Harry off at that psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist has all these goblin masks on the wall, I think Peter would be like, you know what, we're going to take these with us. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's just something seems off about all that, and it's obvious that they're hitting us over the head with the hint of the goblin masks. It just seems funny to me that Peter doesn't pick up on that. That's true. I remember remember seeing that mask or if it's not a goblin mask it looks like a jackal mask mm-hmm. that's why i Fair thought, enough. I, thought yeah. I, like, the, I thought they were hinting at the jackal but either way pete, those masks gotta go yeah <laughs> say, but, those masks I, gotta go i, I agree i mean and, and pete was relying on the spidey sense and he's been around or he's at least seen the doc a couple of times i think even though the doc hasn't seen him and spidey sense didn't go off so he didn't yeah. have any reason to suspect yeah, danger true. i guess that's true but still i mean i'm just saying that harry's obviously struggling here and if i'm pete i'm worried about him backsliding into this psychosis and mm. i know that the link to the mess i don't i i don't know if i would have been comfortable just leaving him there i've got some internet verified history here according to the interwebs Harry Osborne was first Green Goblin not too long ago. Amazing Spider-Man 136 of September of 74. Okay. okay. That's what the interwebs is telling me. Okay. Well, that gives me some context. All right. Thanks, mm-hmm. fellas. One of the things I like about this, I'll, I'll give it a high. I like how Jameson and Marla were kind of somewhat handling the situation. I like how Marla was. I was like, oh, all right, you go, Marla. You know, put yeah. on that speaker so people can figure out what's going on and how Jameson kind of turns into a whimper I will say this for Jameson, though. He never sold out any of his staff, Marla, but he did offer up every competitor in the (laughs) state. That guy's always thinking, man. 
Yeah, always hustling. That's yeah. So that was a high for me. I, I like that little scene, and then kind of how the staff also kind of like, oh, that's kind of odd. Why is Jonah being happy or you know how mm-hmm. he's talking? That's not how he normally talks. What's going on? I'll piggyback on that, Pat. I I agree with that, and I think that was a pretty well played scene. I mean, not only Hitman didn't come across like a you know an idiot in that yeah. scene, but that was good. But Jonah came across as Jonah. And Marla looked like a very capable side character as well. The whole scene played out really good. I did like that. It was a good scene. And then the whole fighting in the office, and that was kind of neat as well, too, for me. Yep. Good fight scene, too. Well, let's go ahead and get into round two of high lows and what does. We'll go back to the top with Delvin. We'll go with a high. While I critiqued the artwork, I did like those opening pages with the Punisher because the realistic style works with Punisher. It doesn't work with Spidey. They're two different heroes. And most of the time when you see Spidey and Punisher together, it's usually like some sort of gang war story where they kind of involve Spidey, where Spidey's kind of, you know, over his head a little bit because it's more gritty. But I did like those first couple of pages with Punisher artwork. I like that. Yeah, I'll sign off on that. The inking's a little sketchier and it's a little heavier and it works. Mm -hmm. I like that opening sequence there with the Punisher. Let's go ahead and find out from Jared. Got a high, low, or what the? Uh, I think this is one part low, one part what the? On that same scene that Delvin's talking about at the beginning with the Punisher. He unmasks one of his foes to find it's a lady. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm not telling you anything. He's like, oh, yes, you will. You will. (laughs) I'm like, he tortured that poor girl. I'm pretty sure he broke her fingers. That's uh, what I was... I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. Because, I mean, yeah, it's the Punisher. He doesn't cut people a lot of slack. But I feel like torturing a young girl. Well, she's not a young girl to the listeners. I'd say she's probably in her 20s. It's just... I don't know. I'm not comfortable with it. It fits for the Punisher on one hand. On the other hand, it's like, eh. So here's my counter, my friend. I'm listening. How'd you feel if James Bond did it? Eh, same way. <laughs> I mean, I've seen him twist a girl's arm and threaten to break it, and I get that. But just to uh, tack on to what you're saying, that kind of dovetails into one of the notes I took. I thought the intro scene was fun and it had a lot of action, but it did strike me as way more direct violence than we've seen with the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. appearances. I think they've taken clever angles to prevent him directly shooting somebody before. And this time we see him, you know, just opening up and mowing people down. Good rendering of a Barrett 50 cal, though, I thought. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or the Browning 50 cal, sorry. Just to keep this train rolling on the scene, too, though, it did bug me that he landed, squared off against the bazooka. And it was like, clack, blast, I'm empty. Come on now. Punisher always knows where he's at in his ammo situation. He's a professional soldier. And I will say, it's really difficult to swing from anything and shoot and hit anything. So, (laughs) Not for Nightcrawler. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I I kind of found that weird. I'm like, he's swinging around. He comes swinging in like he's kind of Spider-Man, but he's not. But you're right. I like tactical Punisher better. Mm -hmm. Tactical Punisher ain't swinging around like Zorro, and he ain't surprised when he runs out of ammo. Sneaky Frank. Frank. It it was a fun opening (laughs) scene, but I'm with you, Jared. I thought it was a little dark. Definitely darker than what we've seen before. It's interesting, right? It's definitely dark, but it's the Punisher. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and we know where he goes. Yeah, where he goes. Yeah, he gets darker, but he I mean, does. And, and in fairness, you know, this isn't just some woman off the street that he just pulled. This is someone who did try to kill him. No, yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree. It, I don't it disagree fits. with the Punisher's actions. I, I think if this was a Punisher book, it, that's I'd where be I was okay with it. Out. 
But because yeah. it's in Spidey, it feels dirty. Yeah. We're used to the more fun, loving Spidey stories. You're used yeah. to more pop and less hiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It was good. I mean, it was good. It just struck me enough to write down in my notes. This is way darker than we've seen the Punisher guest appearances to this point. It's also fair to note very quickly that Spidey at this point has no issue still teaming up with the Punisher. Mm -hmm. Notice that too. And that changes because Mm -hmm. now he's like, I don't want anything to do with you, man. You kill people and you like it. and That ain't my bag, baby. And to be fair, I don't think he really had a choice. I think it was all timing on this one. The last time we saw Punisher and Spidey, him and Spidey were on pretty decent terms, right? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that they were buddies, but they definitely weren't enemies. And Spidey wasn't on a I'm going to take you to jail kick or anything like that. You make a fair yeah. point. That's true. I try to make fair point. <laughs> Well, Jason, high, low, or what the? I thought that the fight inside Jonah's office was a lot of fun. It reminded me a lot of like Quentin Tarantino movie. I thought just hmm. lots of chaos going on in a small office, tear gas going off, and <laughs> people getting thrown into other people, and just a lot of chaos. And I don't know. I thought it was a lot of fun. What do you think, Pat? Bring us around. I agree with you, too, on the fight scene. I thought this was a really good choreographed fight scene in a smaller place like that. I'm really interested in the helicopter, little two-seater helicopter that he takes Mm. off on. Hitman's little Nelly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'd like to fly one of those little things like that. That'd be kind of fun. Speaking of signature vehicles, anybody know signature vehicle missing in this episode? Battle wagon. Yeah, battle wagon, man. Battle wagon. (laughs) Where's that battle wagon at? B-A-T-T-L-E wagon. (laughs) Known by no other name ever. (laughs) Oh, you guys. Maybe it'll be in the next issue, mm. since this is a cliffhanger here. Maybe a battle maybe, wagon, you mean? I mean, yeah. he was writing in a journal. He had to put mm-hmm. the journal somewhere. He yeah. probably put it under the front seat of his battle wagon. Yes. Yeah. Well, I wonder if he keeps it in the glove compartment. <laughs> of the battle wagon? Yeah, the war journal in the glove compartment of the battle wagon. Probably. While he's sitting, waiting around, just waiting around. War journal number 255. He's still waiting like, in the drive-thru. Got my battle wagon and me. <laughs> Dragging and bragging in his battle wagon. wagon. (laughs) Well, anybody have anything else they want to? There's one more thing. They are continuing to sell Pete's injury. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. With the arm. Who knows? I don't know how long that's going to go, but it it seemed like it was at least enough of an issue that they brought it up a couple times. He was struggling with Harry, you know, and his arm came up. And then in his fight with the hitman, it came up as well. So it was kind of cool that they kept that continuity going, too. And that's where I think Len is very good at weaving in the stories, kind of bringing things slowly back in or keeping little segments like that together for us to keep remembering things like that. I think he does a very good job of that. I agree. I think it was also well played too because without the injury and him obviously having some slowdown I mean should the hitman really be a test for Spidey yeah I don't know how strong hitman is but I doubt that he's anywhere near Spider-Man's power level did DC ever run into trouble with using their hitman Mm, good question oh yeah because we've got a hitman in both the DC and the Marvel universes which seem weird yeah I didn't even think of that at the time but you're absolutely right the Garth Ennis character yeah 
Hitman? Mm-hmm. Don't know. I don't recall Hitman being around in any comic book I've ever read in present day. Okay. That doesn't mean he doesn't still exist. I just don't remember seeing the dude. Maybe Marvel didn't care enough because it's not like we're going to see Hitman popping up the next wave of Marvel movies or anything. <laughs> You're never going to see that Hitman dude pop up. If it did, it'd be like a deep cut in some movie. And, and Sinister Six? Sinister Seven, baby! Hitman's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Probably wasn't much, you know, on Marvel's radar would be what I'm thinking. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of odd. When I heard the name, I did think of it from somewhere else. I'm like, I heard that name before. And when I saw the picture, I'm like, that's not who I'm thinking of. Hey, if you're listening, you're from Marvel's legal office. Get on that. <laughs> Or let us know. Does the hitman reappear down the road? Is it something to look forward to? Well, I know he's in the next issue, I would assume, but... Don't forget Longbox Crusade for your 10% consulting fee. (laughs) (laughs) I think with that, let's go ahead and get into some silly Spidey moments. So... Oh, a lot to choose from on this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's find out with Jared. I think I'm just going to have to go with the one that got my four-year-old son to laugh his butt off when I was reading (laughs) it to him. Ammonia to the face. It's always funny. I know I mentioned it before. Four, but I'm sticking with ammonia to the face. Jason. Page nine, when Jonah's being accosted by Hitman, and he says, you're going to ransom me? Who's going to pay for me? I don't even like me. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was funny. I was, I was laughing. Delvin. I'll stick with, with Jameson, too, because it was definitely funny when he mentioned, how about Bushkin over at the Globe? I <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that got me good. Yep. It'll be weeks before somebody will miss him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this isn't the first time that Jonah has been a couple of people silly spotty. He, I mean, he, he just blustery old man, but he's funny. He has his moments. He does, definitely does. Well, for my silly spidey moment, I'm going to go with the old standby. I, I definitely agree with you guys on the ones you've used. So I am going to go with Spidey having to say this round again, Chuckles. Chuckles, I saw it too. (laughs) I just pass all the chuckles and leave them to Pat. (laughs) You know, it brings a smile to my face. I like that. You know, then that's lean again. Just chuckles is going to come up somewhere. He's going (laughs) to. I have to give an honorable mention though. The other part that got me laughing is when Peter shows up to the bugle and Jonah's trapped in his office. And I forget who it is that brings Peter up to speed. Like somebody's holding Jonah for ransom. And he says, I told him not to deny those races one more time. Yeah. All right, I got a question. Is this just Jared being Jared, or am I more legit this time? In the scene where Hitman's got Jonah on the floor, he's holding him by the tie, he's got his foot on his chest, and he's pointing the gun at Marla. So does Marla look ridiculously sexy there, or is that just me? With her hands up yeah. like that in that pose? Yes. <laughs> I, I was going to say the same thing, yeah. She's yeah, making but... hostage wear look good. I know. <laughs> uh... Am I wrong, Delvin? Does she not look good? I mean, come on. I can't say he's wrong, Delvin. <laughs> Of course you can't. <laughs> you are a bird of the same feather, sir. I think it's just that pose. Yeah, it's a sexified pose, man. Yeah. With y'all, you got issues. <laughs> we do have issues, particularly. Yeah, I see. Uh, yeah, no, Issue 174. <laughs> it's going. Oh, all right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into some ratings. Just a reminder on the rating system, it's a one through five. Five, it tickled your tummy feathers. You loved it. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, didn't like it at all. And one, it ruffled your tummy feathers. You 
hated it. So let's go ahead and find out what Jared rated it. You know, I think I'm going to go with a theme tonight and stick with a three. If Joe November was here, he'd probably give it a 3.5, but he's not. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> the Hitman just doesn't do it for me. I'm not drawn to him. I like the Punisher stuff. I like the Spidey stuff. I'm most intrigued, like Delvin said in his synopsis, by the hairy stuff. <laughs> I'm intrigued by the hairy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so it's pushing towards a four, but I'm going to I'm gonna say it's three. It's good. I got no beef with it. I'm just right there with it. Delvin? Yep. Yeah, I'll keep it at a three. I liked it fine. And it's not filler because, you know, you got the Punisher and Punisher was relatively, you know, new hot character there, too. So I wish I knew the behind the scenes reason why they are delaying the Green Goblin story because we know it's coming. And it may just be, you know, that's just the pacing of it. And I'm being impatient. That's probably the best reason <laughs> that there is. And it's not like Lynn is telling bad stories or just crappy stories, just ready to see an A-lister in Spidey. It doesn't bother me because Spidey has, even though it's not history at this point yet, though, but he's got a history of those drawn out. I mean, how long did they make the Hobgoblin last, man? <laughs> how many miles did they get on the Hobgoblin? Many. Many. So <laughs> I guess I'm just kind of used to that in my Spidey, but I hear you. I, I see what you're saying. I'm definitely seeing what you're saying from I'm ready for an A-lister because we've had a long string of B-list villains. Mm -hmm. And nothing wrong with that because, I mean, no. you, sometimes books can go bad the opposite way. And mm -hmm. they put yep. so many A-listers in it where you're like, can I catch my breath for, for a second? Yeah. Can I breathe? Can, can I breathe? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. I think it just helps provide more. This is Peter Parker. It's Spider-Man. You know, this is an average day for him. He's going to fight some low listers all the time or some, you know, gangs, thugs or whatever. That's what yeah. he does. You make A listers out of B listers. You try them mm -hmm. out in different situations and sometimes they take off and sometimes they don't. You know, it's like Delvin was saying in the wrestling world. Very similar. And I yeah. think if I was reading it right, it seemed like Hitman was more of a villain from the Punisher's book than it was from Spider-Man. Did you guys get that same impression? I thought he said it was from Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. Yep. Oh, uh, well, when he was shooting at the Punisher, and the Punisher was shooting at him back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. looked like there was some history there that they mm -hmm. were continuing on with. I think I stopped reading once I got to that panel with Marla. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Settle yourself. Easy. <laughs> Family show, Jared. Family show. This section of the podcast brought to you by Lanolin. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, save us. Jason, did we get yours? All right. So Hitman was, I'm not going to say he was lame. I thought that the character actually seemed kind of interesting. The costume was kind of lame, but the character himself seemed cool. Had the Punisher, had some good action. I laughed out loud, made me turn the pages, got some more Green Goblin teaser. So I'm going to push it up to four. I, I'm going to say I really like this one. Pat, am I alone here? Are you are alone there. I'm going to give it a three. I liked it. <laughs> Just wasn't enough for me to bump it up like that. I like the fight. I think it's the hitman. Like you guys said, he's kind of a lame villain. Yeah, he, doesn't do it he, for me. Yeah. As much as I like his helicopters, like, dude, that's your ride back. His little helicopter thing. Like that. <laughs> Come on now. You know yeah. you you rock You're the hitman. I would ride that. Man. Oh, yeah. I would ride that to work tomorrow. If I had that. And people would, would be like, that's all right, man. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Look at Jason coming to work in his little doorless, windowless helicopter. <laughs> Bugs all in his face. And then all you have to do is say, like, I powered it with banana peels. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
You all laugh. I'm saving the planet one rule at a time, gentlemen. One rule at a time. <laughs> With that, let's go ahead and bring this to an end for this part of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. Warlord Worlds. A fan podcast devoted to the comics of writer and artist Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, Green Arrow, Star Slayer, and Shaman's Tears. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. Please join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in the many excellent comics from writer and artist Mike Grell. Special episodes feature interviews with Mike Grell himself. And special segments feature great guests discussing the Legion of Superheroes. Listen at Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit warlordworlds.com. Warlord Worlds is part of the Rad Adventures Network at radadventuresnetwork.com. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to our second featured comic for this episode. And speaking of which, we promised you an announcement in the second half of the show. And our announcement is this. If you are a Crusaders Club member, we're going to be doing a little bit of format change this show. And you are going to have some input. Be on the lookout for posts on the Patreon page, which is under Longbox Crusade, where you can join for as little as $1 a month. We're going to post some polls that will allow you to pick the second feature for our Chronicles episodes. It's always going to start with Spidey, but our second feature is now going to be chosen by our Crusaders Club members. Pat's going to post the comic books that he has for that month and year date, and you guys get to vote and pick the second feature. How fun is that, fellas? Woo! I'm excited for it. Got one. (laughs) They're coming in too fast! (laughs) (laughs) Great, Jason. Don't get cocky. Pop! Pop yes. <laughs> so yes. 30 30, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you Longbox Crusaders Club members are gonna have some input and that should be fun. So look for those. By the time you hear this episode, I all but guarantee there's already one out. So you will be determining the future of episode 31. And with that, let's just go ahead and roll into the second feature of the show. And I believe we're gonna talk Star Wars. Is that right, Pat? Yeah, we're talking Star Wars. Woo! Everybody act excited for Pat or he'll get pissed. (laughs) 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 Thirty-thirty. I can't believe it's been thirty. I like that. That was nice. (laughs) Say it again. Say it again. Do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Music in my ears. (laughs) (laughs) He's bringing it. I think Delvin's changing. I think he's liking it. it. You know, we're guys. We don't care. (laughs) Well, let's find out some creds for this issue provided again by Mike's amazing world of comics. Publisher is Marvel. Got a cover date of November 1977, but its on sale date was August 10th, 1977. Cover price is now 35 cents, just like the first Spidey issue. Editor is Roy Thomas and writer Roy Thomas. Penciled by Howard Victor Shaken. I would take in with anchor Steve Layola. <laughs> Whoa, Layola. 
who did the letters? Tom Orzakowski. He met him in a bar down in No Soho. You're on your own for the next one. Uh, the letter is is Tom Orzakowski. There was and, a man Orzakowski. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Try the limb right there. <laughs> well, I'm pleased to announce our culinary bad colorist is back for this issue. It's Glennis Ween. Everywhere. <laughs> I wanna set you up. <laughs> Color me bad. I yes. Well, maybe. <laughs> I think she was a true hitman. Watch out for hitman. He just went bad. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, you can read along with us for this issue through the Marvel Special Edition featuring Star Wars number two from 1978. Also, Special Edition number three, the Marvel Movie Showcase number two, classic Star Wars, A New Hope number two from 1994. Or you can read along with us on Marvel Unlimited as Jared is pointing to his big super classic. Mm-hmm. I've got the Marvel Special Edition number three, which is awesome because it contains all six parts in giant treasury size. I love it. That's a nice one. I like mm-hmm. it too. And big super classic was my nickname in college. <laughs> <laughs> Why classic? Because I never go out of style. Oh. Well, speaking about going out of style, let's find out some cover credits here. Penciler is Rick Hoberg, and inker is Dave Cockrum. So he was working on everything but X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> this is starting to explain a lot. <laughs> now we know why he missed that issue. Dave was probably like, you know, this X-Men thing is a bit pitchy, dog. Hang on, <laughs> let's go ahead and get to some cover description from Jared. The Marvel Comics Group banner is green with black lettering, and Luke is still holding on to his red lightsaber and his mullet in the corner box and has a nifty space-themed background in that corner box. Y'all notice that? Kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. And the timeless Star Wars logo is white letters with red highlights. The main action shows Luke and Chewie sprinting towards Han and the Millennium Falcon and a couple other Rebel pilots scrambling to their fighters in the hangar as the Death Star is raining down laser fire from above. Luke shouts, Hurry, Chewbacca. We're being attacked by the Death Star. And Han shouts back, it's too late, kid. We're finished. All right, now here's what I need. All three at once, I need Delvin doing laser sounds from the Death Star. Jason, you need to do the hangar warning alarm as they're being attacked. And Pat, you are the explosions from the lasers. Three, two, one, go. Yo, mother get down. (laughs) All right. Profanity aside, that was pretty good. (laughs) I couldn't resist myself, man. That's what the alarm sounds like. It's Y'all motherfuckers better get to They're the rebels, man. They, they can't afford those expensive electric alarms. They got the lookout, man. You saw that guy that was up there in the tower? He was like, Y'all motherfuckers better get down. Hey, someone bring me a sandwich. It's possible that there's like a Wookiee version of Countdown Harry. Oh, man. I thought my explosion was the bomb. I was going deep, man. I thought Pat would appreciate this, at least. I was the guard in the big tower. (laughs) Tower. I know the guard. Yeah. You know I know the guard. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh. That doesn't sound amused, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that very explosive description there. Let's go ahead and get to some quick covered thoughts. We'll start with Delvin this time. I think it's a good cover. I look at it, and the way that I'm going to rate it is based off of, do I think that if I were a Star Wars fan, I would want the cover on my wall? Probably in the backdrop of the Death Star alone, that's probably reason enough for someone to want this cover. I think it's a cool look cover and it shows you know the death star looking menacing and attacking so i like it it's good jason I think it's got lots of action, lots of energy. I think that the Death Star blasting the place to bits is pretty menacing. It's got a lot of cool action poses for Luke and Chewie in the foreground, and you got Han and Millennium Falcon kind of in the near background. And you even got some, looks like, little X-Wing fighters and fighter pilots. So lots of stuff to like on this cover. What do you think, Pat? I agree with you, too. I like the action that's happening on, the suspense of what's happening. It's like, oh, wow, the Death Star's here, and, and it's blowing things up right now. Although we know that that's not kind of really what happened. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way, but it's yeah, kind of cool. If you were first seeing this going, wow, this is really cool. I'm, I'm so excited to get further into this and find out what's going to happen in the story. Colors are excellent mm-hmm. on this. And if you look at it from a digital kind of remastered or whatever, man, it really pops. So good on you, Glennis. Jared? I think you guys said it all. The only thing I'll add is I like how it's a, just a slight tilted angle. I think that adds to the action. The only bugaboos I have about it, like you said, this doesn't happen in the movie. If the Death Star shoots you, your whole planet's going up. But whatever. I'll cut it to slack because it does create a good atmosphere. The only thing that bugs me is that molded Luke Skywalker. <laughs> at the corner box when they've obviously gotten him more correct down below and I'm just like guys it's an easy little white out fix the hair job I don't know why they don't do that but whatever there's something to be said for Malted Luke Skywalker it almost looks like they took like a Conan pose and yeah I, I thought he looked like He-Man but yeah Conan makes sense too and He-Man hadn't been invented yet so that's weird now that I look at it I do like how they have the little planet thing in the background though. yeah that's, the little space background was cool that's pretty legit And I do admit that I am breaking my own truth in advertising. (laughs) (laughs) But when it heightens that action and it just makes it, it just something about it feels good. So, yeah. It does. Yeah. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good, Jared. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Well, speaking about feeling good, let's go ahead and get to some cover ratings for this issue. Just cover rain reminder. It is a one through five. Five is you loved it. It choked out your insulin co-workers. You really enjoyed stealing that coffee. <laughs> Not just stealing it, for stealing it, man. Yeah. That's that's where it's yeah. at. Four, you really liked it. Three, you just liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, it millennium falcon sucked. <laughs> So let's find out what the guys are going to rate it this time around. Jared, we'll start with you. I tell you what, if Joe November was here, he'd say, stop doing this bit, Jared. It's all. <laughs> but so he I'm ain't not- here, so keep doing <laughs> it. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. I'm going to give this one a four. Everything is Ivy says, don't give it a four because it didn't happen in the movie. It's not how it works, but it's something about it. I just like it. I'm giving it a four. I will pass it to Delvin. I'm going to give it a four as well because I think that I would consider having this on my wall if I were a bigger Star Wars fan. I think it's something I can go into someone's house and see. Jason. I'm going to jump aboard the four train with you guys because I'm afraid to give it anything less and piss off Pat. <laughs> you can piss me off. I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I feel largely the same way that Jared feels. I think it is a four cover to me for real. I'm kind of breaking some of my rules to give it a four. It may be getting some nostalgia points to push it to a four, but it gets a four for me nonetheless. Well, unlike you, Jason, I don't got no rules. <laughs> I don't know what's holding you back, but I'm going to give it a four as well, too. For nostalgia and 
just the way it looks and just the memories of Star Wars that it brings back at this time. So it is definitely getting a four for me. So it looks like we're all on the same spaceship. <laughs> we're all on the Falcon. All on the Falcon. Do- doesn't Falcon suck if Falcon rocks? Yep. We have the power of the fours, right? The, four- yeah, yep, the fours. The of- <laughs> <laughs> I will say to bring it back to a serious little bit for a moment, as we're reading these and I'm reading some of my old trades, like Jared's flipping through them now. There's just something about it, like just makes me feel happy. It taps back into my childhood. And I don't know, it's, it's hard to give anything less than a four to these books as you're going no, back through. Oh, yeah, totally understand it. I want to piggyback on that and just mention something. I don't think it's mentioned a lot when we talk about comics. And here I am holding a pretty beaten up copy of the Marvel Treasury Edition number three. As we said, it's got all six issues, right? Mm-hmm. I love the big art. I love the colors. I love the old, almost tattered pages. Mm-hmm. But you know what comes with it that doesn't get talked about a lot? The smell. The smell. Exactly. (laughs) When you smell that old paper and it's a little bit musty, you're just transported, man. Transported. That didn't work for me at work today. (laughs) Well, you got a shower after jujitsu, Delvin. (laughs) Y'all check out my age smell. (laughs) Williams, go home. It's vintage. (laughs) Spider-Man stink on you. Smell this blue belt. Smell it. Yep. And I mean, that's why we do this show, because we love that nostalgia. Those days back when DVD, we didn't have D- we didn't even have VHS, man. We were just reading these books to tap back into the force. And yeah, we were living a more simpler, more elegant time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> question for Delvin. Huh? Legit question. Again, not trying to be funny or embarrassed or anything like that. Did you ever have any Star Wars toys? No. Not a single one? Nobody accidentally got you one for a birthday or nothing? Trying to think back, man. If I did, I don't remember it. I remember my Transformers. I remember some G.I. Joe. More Transformers than anything. I don't remember if I had any Star Wars. Hmm. Interesting. I have so many memories of just the figures. I mean, thinking back, it's like one of the first fights I ever got into in grade school. Some guy tried to steal my Luke Skywalker, and it was game on, man. He was not (laughs) getting my Luke Skywalker. You did Roger Moore, knife hand. (laughs) Come on, lure him over to the monkey bars. Lure him over. Oh, he came. I'm grabbing it. I kicked him in his face. I got my Luke. I got my Luke. But I remember that. I remember our dog chewing the toes of our Chewbacca. I remember having two Han Solos because I broke the head on one. I remember my dad, like the head came off of one and he fixed it with a screw. I mean, just all the memories I have of those Star Wars toys. Good times, good times. Good times, yep. Well, let's go ahead and get to a short synopsis (laughs) from Jason. It's short, man. I I swear it is. It's short this time. Sit back for a moment while I regale you with this tale called Lo, the Moons of Yavin. And Delvin, I really hope you're paying attention because here uh, we go. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. Oh, okay. Chew your gum. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of Star Wars. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear R2-D2 beep like this. <whistles> Let's begin now. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, 
Our heroes, minus a recently one with the Force, Obi-Wan Kenobi, have escaped the Death Star aboard the trusty Millennium Falcon. They are no sooner out of the frying pan, however, than they are back under Imperial fire, this time from a squadron of TIE fighters. In gripping space-to-space combat, Luke and Han use the Falcon's turret guns to blast their way to freedom against overwhelming odds. Meanwhile, back on the Death Star, Tarkin and Vader reveal that they have secretly stashed a tracking device on Han's ship, and the heroes are unwittingly leading the Death Star to the hidden rebel base. Han and Leia flirt. Luke has some feelings for Leia that will require counseling in the following films. <laughs> and then the Falcon finally arrives at Yavin, and the Rebels analyze the Death Star plans hidden in R2-D2 and find a weakness in the Death Star that a bold fighter strike just might be able to exploit. Luke enthusiastically volunteers for the mission, but Han and Chewie opt to take the money and run. Reunited with his old pal Biggs Darklighter, Luke and the Rebel pilots blast off into space for a final showdown against Vader and the Death Star, which is less than 30 minutes from destroying the rebel base. See, short, sweet, to the point. Back to you, Pat. Very good, Jason. I appreciate that synopsis. Yeah, they're going to stop right laughing at me now. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm looking for a little more detail about it, but... <laughs> oh, you want some more detail? No. no I have I have no, a second script no, right here. No, we don't. We should, we should just go ahead and move on to the breakup right there. Just move it right along. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do that. Is it a first read or reread? I think we all know how this is going to turn out. <laughs> let's just go through the formality. Pat? It's a reread for me, Pat. Delvin. First read. Jason. Reread. Jared. Reread. Reading Rainbow. (laughs) Well, we're going to need some help up there, folks. Yeah, we definitely. I'm just on the wrong side of this. You know, I don't don't like it. (laughs) On the other side of the rainbow. That's weird. Dirty 30, (laughs) y'all. Damn it, I was about to do a dirty 30. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth up there. All right, let's get to some highs, lows, and what does. Start it off with Jared. I'm going to start off with a low, unfortunately. Not a big low. Not a big low. There's your alarm. <laughs> Thank you. Yo, um, motherfuckers, better take cover. <laughs> Thank you, guy in the tower. It's not a huge low, but who doesn't love the line? Great kid, don't get cocky. Mm-hmm. Not in the comic. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a nitpick, but I'm like, I was like, oh, he's it wasn't? Like, oh, damn, I got look, man. <laughs> so you think that it was something maybe, maybe ad libbed yeah. or last or, minute add on? Certainly. Maybe. And just overall, of the six issues of the beats of Star Wars, this one has the least amount of action in it, though it's a little sludgier than the rest. I mean, they try to pump up the TIE Fighter duel as they're leaving, but I don't think they pumped it up because I think the TIE Fighter duel is one of the best scenes in the movie. Not very long, though. Yeah, I guess that's true. I didn't think it was bad in this. I mean, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying, you know, they had to split up into six issues. This one's probably going to be, well, I know all six issues. It is the slowest paced one. So, Mm. but it's not bad. These are very nitpicky lows. It's Star Wars, guys. It's Star Wars. (laughs) So so that might be more of a what the, maybe low is too strong of a word, but I want my great kid. Don't get cocky. You know, I missed that entirely. You're absolutely right. Like you said, when we read these things, we hear the movie in our heads and sometimes we don't even realize it. I swear. It's like, I'm just playing it in my head and I'm flipping through the pages. Yeah. I'm not like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only one like truly absorbing the material. <laughs> We're just like, <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, I will pass it to Pat. Uh, I'm going to give a high because why wouldn't you? I'm not going to be <laughs> oh, like. Oh, easy. <laughs> oh, here now. he goes, man. I like the artwork in here. Mm-hmm. Clean lines, very well drawn. The whole fighter scene with the TIE fighters, I think is very well done. Love the art. Oh, yeah, the art is really good. You can start from issue one and move to where we are now and just see it getting better and better. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, definitely. This issue was one that I've had as a kid. Originally had like four, five, and six. So these were the ones that I would reread and reread again and again. Jason, high, low, or what the? This is definitely a high. I love that they took their time with this series and they gave it six issues. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to when we did the Long Box Crusade of For Your Eyes Only and how mm-hmm. that only got two issues. I couldn't help but think, man, I wonder if they'd given For Your Eyes Only six issues. How cool of a book that would be because it was Jake and that drew the art for that as well. So True. You know, I was like, man, that would have been great. But yeah, I just think that they gave it the time and space it deserved to tell the story and I really appreciated that. Delvin, what are your thoughts? I will add very quickly to Pat mentioning about the artwork i thought page one mm-hmm. very first page that was very good and kind of could have been a cover in a way to me mm-hmm. i liked it, it was a very uh, good picture of han and then you know he wound up throwing cp30 and r2d2 in the background so yeah i thought that was cool and i will piggyback on that with a what the if only because it would be funny if knowing what we know now we would not have known it then if we were just reading this comic book and had not seen star wars and not known all the history, but knowing what we know now, it is funny to see Luke going into a jealous fit mm-hmm. of the right to romance his sister. <laughs> Ooh, you like my sister? I like my sister. It's mine. Me. Me. Oh, man. The I like her because sergeant. she resembles me somewhat. <laughs> She's got my cheekbones, y'all. <laughs> In this indeterminable way that I can't figure out, but she Yeah, to quote my drill sergeant, Drill Sergeant Edge, that ain't right. (laughs) (laughs) That is very unright. They haven't come up with a word yet that's the opposite of right, but once they do, they can apply it here. Until then, unright. Unright. That ain't right. <laughs> oh, man. I know it's not my turn. But, Jason, did you realize that the guy in the tower is actually makes a small appearance in this comic? Yes. I just now noticed. <laughs> yes. I was, was, I was giving a shout out to him, man. He's doing his job. Yep, he's in, in the movie. Cool. Y'all motherfuckers parked that spaceship right over there. <laughs> So the guy in the tower is now played by Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or to do with the pick from Spaceball. We ain't found well. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into round two of the highs, lows, and what does. And Jared, it is your turn, so. Oh, well, hey. <laughs> hey, man. What's Hey up? there. <laughs> Uh, I like Star Wars. <laughs> you're kind of out, aren't you? <laughs> kind of am. I will say this again: it's Star Wars, so it's kind of hard to. You're kind of complimenting the movie and the comic at the same time. But I always thought it was cool that Princess Leia is really sharp, and she's like, "Nah, we got away too easy. There's a tracking device. We need to be ready." Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "That's really cool. That's pretty sweet." So that's just going to be my high. I know it's kind of a high for the movie, but it bleeds into the comic book. Pat, high or low? I don't really have a low, and I really don't have a what the. Um, you know, you took some of the lines are missing but we know that now going through this is the fifth issue so we know some things are going to be a little bit awkward or different i'm still amazed 
seeing the Death Star and how it's drawn in this. I'm going to go back to the art again, but I, I'm just really amazed on some of the shots of the Death Star. Yeah, there's just one shot in there in particular where you have Vader and Tarkin as they're discussing. Yeah, that whole page is awesome. Yeah, just dwarfed by the, the view screen or whatever mm-hmm. on the Death Star. I noticed that too. I dig what you're saying. It really shows just how imposing it is that it makes these two evil archetype characters just appear small in his yeah. presence. The last panel on that page too is you have that Darth Vader saying it has seen the end of the last of the Jedi Knights and soon very soon we will see the end of the rebellion itself that's good. good you read. like that? That's my good read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, high, low, or what the? Another high was I enjoyed the scene with Biggs, reuniting Biggs. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen him since issue one. He even gets a little callback there in the from issue one. Especially cool because you don't get that context in the movie. So that's like some bonus content there that I really enjoyed seeing. That other there too, I was going to mention too, is the commander or the blue leader guy. Yeah. Comes in and says, oh, I know your dad. Mm-hmm. And that has yeah. some key details, didn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a really good pilot. Can you find else about him that I wanted to remember? <laughs> uh, yeah. Some other information about your father. How did that turn out again? Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny where you're like, okay, you have no qualifications whatsoever to fly this aircraft. Yes, yes. Oh, wait, your dad was a pilot. I'll vouch for him. Yeah, my dad was a helicopter pilot. You don't want me flying S, man. I I can't even fly that little thing the Hitman was flying (laughs) off the roof of the building. Watch out. Watch out for the Hitman. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting, that little extra stuff that it's put in here. And, you know, this is from 1977. So just how this has evolved from then, it's kind of cool. Little gems, little nuggets packed away in these issues. Delvin? High or low or what the? I'll go with a low. It's mainly with the characterization of just this issue. Because, man, I mean, Han Solo from issue three was heroic. He was always in the mix. He was leading the action. And in this issue, he was a complete jerk. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just in it for the money. And then everybody was dunking on him. Freaking Leia was like, well, money's all you love. Money's all you're going to get. You ain't going to get none of this. <laughs> <laughs> Save this for my brother. I mean, <laughs> My brother's more man than you ever be. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, there's that, and then Luke dunked on him and said something towards the end. Oh, when he says, "But I guess that's what you're best at." Mm -hmm. Yes, isn't it? Yes, take care of yourself, Han. But I guess that's what you're best at, isn't it? Like, dang, (laughs) you're gonna be flying solo. (laughs) (laughs) My love would be directed at Han this issue because he came across like a complete selfish jerk. He knew they were facing overwhelming odds and still just like, I'm in it for the money. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Smuggler life. Smuggler life. That's all right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and find out who's got the force. Let's start with Jason. Who had the force for this issue? Originally, I was thinking Han or Luke from the beginning, but at the end, I landed on Leia. Yeah. The reason why is this woman has just had her entire planet destroyed, her family murdered, all her friends are gone. And I have to tell you, if that had happened to me, I'd be in the fetal position, bawling my little eyes out. And here she is, still staying strong, keeping her wits about her, like Jared said, not getting 
fooled at all by the empire's plans. And what I found particularly courageous about her is she knows that she's leading that Death Star there. And they think they're coming to kill her. And she's like, no, no, no. You're coming here and we're going to kill you. Mm. And to me, I was like, she brought forth every trait, every characteristic of a hero in this, well, in the movie and in this issue in particular. So another way of saying that is Darth and company, they were like, F you. And she was like, no. F you. You. <laughs> I see. Yeah. You won't fly that big nutsack from one end of the galaxy to the other just to have me kick it and bust it up. Well, Dubin, who's got the force for you in this? I did uh, my reread through the book and I'm like, the only person who even deserves it would be Leia because she uh, she was already like, yeah, I know what's up. They wanted to destroy the rebel base and they, so they threw a tracker on us. I know what's up, so let's get ready. We don't have any time to waste. She was the one that pushed the action, so she got uh, has the force. I'm going to agree with both you and Jason as well. Leia has the force. Jared? Jared? Leia has the force, y'all. I mentioned Ooh, it. Oh, yeah, man. So. This is a first unanimous, I think. Yeah. Of course. I will give an honorable mention to one other character. Okay. It's the guy that's like, you know, nobody could hit that two meter wide target. And Luke's like, that's not that hard. I have bullseye womp rats back home in my T-16. They're not more than two meters. And then that guy just sat there and took it. Unlike in the robot chicken version where they extended that scene where the guy was like, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> kind of sandbagged me there, man. <laughs> Oh, I just I had to get that in there. Every time I see that scene or read it in this case, I always laugh because I remember that robot chicken. Uh, can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> Jared, not to be Mr. Quick to correct, mm. but it's Family Guy. Was it the Family Guy Star Wars special? Yes. Oh, I thought oh, it was a robot chicken. I thought, you, I thought no. it was robot chicken. No, you're right. You're right. right. It was yep. the Family Guy Star Wars special. Hats off to you. Delvin just corrected wow. me on Star Wars. Let's clap for Delvin, everybody. <laughs> I, I like to thank God. The boy's becoming a man. <laughs> he's growing up so I'm just, fast. I'm just one man. You know? Hang on. He's got an acceptance speech. <laughs> We're a team. I like to thank God. Um, <laughs> there is no I in long box. <laughs> there happens to be one in Delvin. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> well, well done, sir. Well I done. think with that, why don't we go ahead and get to the ratings? It's a one through five for this as well. Five is you loved it. It choked your insolent coworker and you force grab their coffee. <laughs> Best part of the morning is for waking up force grab with a force grab of coffee in your in your cup. In your cup. Four, you really liked it. Three, you just liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, it millennium falcon sucked. So let's find out from Pat. I really like this issue. I'm going to give this one a four. I thought the action was pretty good in it. Delvin? I'm always just assuming a five every time. <laughs> I, I, know. I was shocked. I was like, what? what? Pat's going to be pissed. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a three. Very much like Spidey was the calm before the storm book. So we'll see the big blowout. Well, I guess we won't see it unless the Crusaders mm-hmm. Club wants us to see it. Either way, calm before the storm, the big blowout coming, but it wasn't a bad book. I give it a three. Jared. I agree with Delvin's assessment, and I kind of was very interested to see what Delvin's going to get, because like I said, I feel like this is the quote-unquote worst of the six-book series, but it's still a good book. Calm Before the Storm. I agree with Delvin. I really kind of take it with the art, so I'm going to let that bump me up to a four, but I can see where Delvin's coming from. And that will take it to Jason. I'm giving it a five. I don't need to justify myself to you. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like it. Five is fair. Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. And we will be right back. Hey, everybody. I'm Paul Spataro. I don't know if you know me, but I'm a regular on Back to the Bins along with my friends, Dr. Bill Robinson. Hello. And Mr. Scott Gardner. Hey, how's it going? Andy's been asking us for a promo for the show for the longest time, and Bill has been writing it for the longest time. Bill, you got that promo written yet? Uh... Okay, so anyway, what we do is we review three comic books. We try to do it every week. Usually it's a Marvel, a DC, and a Captain Canuck book for Scott. So... Tune in every week to Back to the Bins to listen to our show. You can find us at 2TrueFreaks.com. Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show, where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. Woo! These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, waiting for Green Goblin. No, no. no. <laughs> the dot net. That's not a bad name. No, wouldn't be. Wouldn't be. Might be one of the sub ones. Like you can click on it and then it takes you to the yard sale artist.bigcartel.com. Early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content, quarterly newsletter, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for being friends. Dave Collins, Blasted or Stashing, Gene Hendricks, Ivan the Collector, Ivor Evans, Joe Thomas, John and Maggie from Married with Comics, Maxwell Traver, Mr. Lobotomy, Ross Michaud, Ronald Went, Tim Bob Buster, Steve Cronin, Samantha Maney, and Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com, and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at Longbox Headquarters? You can't. We we attached a tracking device and we're coming after you. <laughs> we want that dollar. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. Maybe you can help us. Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you want to just keep it short with just star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show and we will share your review on the next show. So we're going to move on to social media, likes, shares, and retweets. We are talking about episode 28 from June 1977, where we talked about Amazing Spider-Man 172 and Star Wars. Woo! Issue number three. I'll kick it off with Aaron, Head, Moss, Yo, Joe. Keep leaving our wallet with this guy, Al Sedano. Got to 
get it. I got to, got to get it. Alec Edward Taylor. Avengers Assemble Net. BK on the air. Burger King? That's what I'm hoping. Smells <laughs> delicious. I don't want a Whopper. Ben Terrell. Bill Bear. Bill Jordan. Bill Zanowitz. Bradford William. Brian Yates. Carrie Valerie. Chad Gill. Chris at BTO and Bat Books, gentlemen. Let it roll! Don't ever leave us again, Chris. Don't ever leave us again. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We missed you, Chris. Uh, Here's to you, Clint Robinson. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Coffee and comics. Cy Fergie. Darth Ron. David Collins. That was just a crazy old man. Battle wagon. (laughs) Pat, pat, battle wagon. (laughs) David Croson. Dame Deborah Smith. Dr. G, Nerdologist. DS and RS, our good friends Darren and Ruth Sutherland. Eddie Harlow. Eric Ward. Fabio Oliveira. Fuko Rama. Gene Gene, the podcasting machine, Hendrix. Green Lantern HG. Hal Jordan. Herbert Williams. Ivan Chudley. Javier, I'm listening to Christmas music all year long. Deck the halls, Javier. Sean Carter's uh, cousin, JT. Jean-Pierre Page? No, I'm going Jean-Pierre Page. I'm going to French you up. Next, we got Jeff Boone. Jeremy Spaulding. I love your balls. (laughs) (laughs) These little ones. <laughs> Jonathan Schaefer Hames mm-hmm. knows what he did. Justice's first dawn. Kelly Sherman Brown. My main man who puts color in my life, Ken Solo. Mm-hmm. Lauren Skinkis Art. Luis Santos. Max Traver. Michael K. Rabone. Michael O'Connor. Michael Powell. Patrick Coyle. Paul Carella. Philip O.H. Professor Frenzy. It's, it's a, a show. show. It's a show. Professor Frenzy show. Our favorite ranger, it's Ranger Gord. Reggie Hancock. Rich Gignac. Robert Charles. Robert Kennedy. Ross Cantrell. Ross Michaud. You know who he is. Ryan Daly. Scott D. Glad Filter. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Thanks, Sean. Stacy Smith. Stacy Wilhelms Wempner. Star Wars 24 7 Info. Steve Gibson. Tim Hansen. I got a Hansen shirt. Yes. Yes, we, we know. Come on down. It's Tim Price. Well, guys, I have to go back to the office to get my TPS buyer reports done. (laughs) So before Toronto cop comes and gets me. (laughs) And I guess I will bring it home with unpacking the power of the power pack party because the power pack party don't stop. How's that? Word. Now we will move on to social media comments from Brian Daly, who says, I liked it when you guys were like, Star Wars. And Delvin was all like, yep, Star Wars. (laughs) It's a theme. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes you got to eat the filler. And let's move on. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to take this next one in the line here from David Collins. I like this story. He said, Spider-Man 172, the first comic I ever read slash owned. Mon took off from a kid in her class that was supposed to be reading Shakespeare and gave it to me. Began a lifelong love affair with Spidey. It's a beautiful story. Would have been great on a podcast. If only we knew a podcast he could be on. Do you have uh, one? Yeah, yeah. Isn't there a Battle Wagon podcast? Yeah. Should be. There should be. Dave's Battle Wagon. Dave. <laughs> I also had a lifelong love affair with Spidey. <laughs> Why don't we get together and trade notes? <laughs> Show you the back of my Battle Wagon. <laughs> that battle wagon's had some music. Got, got some mileage on that battle wagon. I've been I've been thinking about getting somebody to help MJ out around the studios here. So Dave, we maybe we might have something for you. Get oh, your shots, busy. Dave. Get your shots. That's right. <laughs> well, the next one I'm going to do is from a TPS Buyers at Toronto Cup. He says, I feel like I'm in high school again, sitting around at lunch, goofing around with buddies when I'm listening to you guys. Thanks. Awesome. That's mm-hmm. always fun to hear. That's what we try to do. It's all yeah, about let's sit across fun. from each other so we can see when the jocks are coming to beat us up. <laughs> Make sure what are you bringing to the lunch table so we can do our lunch swap. I'm not the... trading my pudding for a fruit cup. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm because I was about to say I'm not going to trade my pudding for a fruit cup. <laughs> I was going to say, we got to say keep... problems. I was going to say yeah. the exact thing. I was going to say I'm keeping my butterscotch pudding. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) That's freaky. (laughs) Well, I will grab a comment from Ross Cantrell, who started an entire side conversation about kind of silly side characters centered around Rocket Racer. He simply started that conversation by saying, I remember Rocket Racer from Spider-Man, the animated series in the 90s. And that series got popular about the time Delvin and I were in college. And I kind of see it here and there, but I've never sat down to watch it. It seems interesting and it might be worth going back and checking out. Anybody here done the Spider-Man show? Was that the MTV one? No. Oh, that no, one I'm very that familiar was, with. That was the one. I watched Spider-Man. some of them, but Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it quite religiously for a little while because it was, they had Spider Man and then the X Men were on back to back. Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of wanted to go through them, but one of the streaming services had it for a while and then they took it off. Mm. Yeah, they had it on Netflix for a bit. I have some of the DVDs lying around. They basically did like a lot of the story arcs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, I do remember that much from my cursory viewing. And as we learned on Action Film Face-Off, that series was actually the first appearance of the character Whistler from Blade. His first appearance wasn't in the comic. It was in that cartoon series. Oh, oh. I want to add one more, only because it uh, touched a uh, tummy feather of mine. Uh, this one's from Zach Gentry. He says, I always liked Rocket Racer. He and Night Thrasher were the only Marvel characters with skateboards. So that's cool. And I was definitely a fan of Night Thrasher back in the day and still would be today and keep holding out hope that they come up with a new Warriors storyline for uh, today because I would buy it with the original team. I think that I'm sure it'll be like 75 pages and we'll be reading it for (laughs) Crusade. (laughs) I don't remember him having a skateboard. in. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I remember the skateboard angle. Yeah, they kind of ditched it a little bit later, but early on he used to use the skateboard a lot. It was a part of his oh, his thing. He was a skateboarder. A little He's on the nose with the word thrasher. In his. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's gone up in my cool level now. Yeah. I've always liked the Night Thrasher. I kind of absorbed that from Delvin. And yeah, the skateboard helps, man. Thanks to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help. 
and spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to give a big thanks to Jared, Jason, Delvin for joining me on this episode. Wow. You guys, can you believe it? It's been 30, 30, 30 y'all. 30, 30. <laughs> How about this? Smooth up, 30. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go, let's go ahead and find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Jason? Well, you can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Delvin? You can find me at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Jared. You can find me at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also on OKCupid, okay but don't tell my wife. <laughs> it ain't OKCupid. Okay <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to swipe left on that. And you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01, also on Instagram at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Livestream over on the YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you will get the reminder notifications for when we go live. And folks, don't forget about the Crusaders Club members helping chart the direction of this show. Keep a lookout on the Patreon page, which is at Longbox Crusade. If you're not already a Crusaders Club member and you want to have input and vote on what the second feature of all our Chronicles episodes are going to be, head over to Patreon.com. Look up Longbox Crusade. As little as a dollar a month helps you get a hand on the steering wheel. And trust me. We have no idea where we're going. <laughs> but our foot's on the gas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> metal to metal. Welcome to the wild ride. Long In the battle style. wagon. In the battle In wagon. The battle wagon. <laughs> Watch out for the hit, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or a question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to... Read the ball! Read baby! I'm on this! Yo, better watch out! I waited until the end there so I could cut it right off. <laughs> Jared snorted it. I snorted it. Too bad he wasn't drinking it. <laughs> For so long, you and me been finding each other. For so long, and the feeling that I feel for you is more than stronger. Take it from me. If you give a little more than you're asking for, your love will turn the key.
Intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Transformers, get up on these nuts. (laughs) (laughs) What do I need? I probably need a script up. That's what I need. Yeah, paint off, it. script up. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the script up either. I didn't even have time to take oh. my pants off. We all have something to look forward to now because I wrote something that Pat hasn't practiced. So we get to listen to him read that tonight. It should only take 45 minutes or something. <laughs> 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 You're not abused. Pat's not abused. I think I don't like your tone. You're giving me uh, your, your Star Wars angry tone. You guys work it out then. I you think- read the Star Wars or don't read the Star Wars. I don't give a <laughs> <I'm here. laughs> You give a because you guys break my heart. I don't know. You guys don't like Pat's polis. Screw you. <laughs> Angry Pat in the polis is one of my favorite things. I, 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 I kind of wanted. That's why I'm trying to tee him up before we get to. The, I'm getting I'm riled up. This feels weird. That that was a short Pat's polis. It was informative. <laughs> I don't know what to do like, with my hands. It was clear. It was concise. <laughs> it just had to get worked out. I mean, was it bad? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It was just, you want crazy? I can't make, fun, can't make fun of it. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> 30 30, baby. <laughs> Woo! Pop up his. That's where I think things might get a little nasty. <laughs> oh, things might get a little nasty. Oops, we got to get a title here. Let me get the I'm have the comic book up. The Hitman's back in town. The Hitman's back in town. Watch out for the Hitman. Watch out for the Hitman. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's, it's called, called Watch it. Out for the Hitman. I do not trust them. Do not trust that. <laughs> the Hitman's back in town is, is the... The Hitman's back in town. Hitman's back in town. Are you singing that to the tune of The Boys Are Back the in Town? The Boys Are Back in yeah. Town. <laughs> Hitman's back. Hitman's back. Watch out. Bad that I, I, don't, I don't trust Pat and I'm going to look at him myself. <laughs> <laughs> the hitman's back in town. Would that come on, Delvin? And of course, my internet's taking forever to bring. Oh, here it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there goes Jason's thriller door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dark across the land. <laughs> the midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawling in search of blood. Let's finish it. The terror. Y'all's neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul gets getting down, shall stand and face the hounds of the hell and rot inside a corpse shell. I can it you tonight. I brought it back. Off panel, there's an old timey British guy going, Owie, why don't you get back in the kitchen? <laughs> yeah, I brought our two shows together. Oh, uh, she's she gonna wear trousers now. <laughs> and, and then there's the guy in the tower yelling at the desktop, You motherfucker better get down. It fits even more because Darth Vader, much like the uh, other dude on the uh, soapbox, has a cape. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, that all fits. It all fits. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>
Why don't you make me a sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) Cut it up into little slices so I can put it between these little fence things on my face. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Get late. Daddy, 30, (laughs) y'all. Mary Jane ain't going to make it to 30. I had four kids by the time I was 30. (laughs) I know who the daddy is for two of them. (laughs) Oh, man. He's got (laughs) cornrows. Strong suspicion for kid number three. (laughs) Rama. Yeah, just read it. I think it's it's Fuko. 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 So it says, it says Rama. (laughs) Fuko. There's a mountain and it's mighty high You cannot see the top Unless you fly And there's a molehill A proven ground When there's nowhere to run You can hang around Everybody wants a sail that's already been sold Everybody wants a tale that's already been told What's the use in being young if you ain't gonna get old? Even at the center of fire, there fire. is gold. All that glitters ain't gold.